everybody. So we are so excited. We are here talking classic Disney, and uh, we're here to talk A Lady in the Tramp, and my friend Stanford is here to talk about it with me. Hi, Rachel. Yeah, so this was so fun. The reason why we decided to, because we're doing this, this podcast, uh, not in chronological order, um, this is the 15th of the uh, Disney Animated Classics, and uh, we decided to do this because we just had the signature uh, Blu-ray release that came out, and so we thought it'd be the perfect time to talk about uh, this great Disney classic, Lady in the Tramp. It came out in 1955, and where would you say that Lady in the Tramp has been is sort of ranked for you amongst the Disney classics? Has it been a favorite of yours? Or Oh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an absolute favorite of mine. I, I think... It's just one of the most nostalgic, sentimental, happy, feel-good uh, movies, you know. Uh, and I also absolutely adore the animation in this film. I just think it's so. It's just at the height of the of the studio's glory. I think too, just riding the wave of those films in the fifties. You know, starting with Cinderella in nineteen fifty, and then. You know, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp. I mean, talk about four incredibly animated films. But Sleeping Beauty, but but still, I I just feel like Lady and the Tramp is kind of the apex of of that, and 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 I love it. And I love you know I love the story, love the character designs. There's just there's so much I love about it. How about for you? Well, and all of the uh, those films are so different. Yeah, tone and just yeah, just I mean, just the types of stories that they're telling. Yeah. yeah. I grew up with a, like, with a lot of pets, with dogs. Yes, I had one dog growing up and absolutely adored the dog. And, and I think that that probably plays into some of my love of Lady and the Tramp, too, because I really, you know, I love dogs and, and I'm, I'm allergic to cats. <laughs> I don't Me like too. cats either. And so the whole, the whole concept of, you know, the, that some of the villains, I mean, like you know, villains in the movie are, <laughs> are the Siamese cats. Yeah. <laughs> that works for me too. But more just to the love of dogs, you know? I just, I, I, I love dogs. I never grew up with dogs because um, my, my brother and sister were both very, very allergic. And I'm also allergic to cats. And so I honestly have, it takes me a while to kind of warm up to a dog uh, when I, I have a little bit of a uh, nervousness around strange dogs, um, but uh, but I I still you don't need to be. That's a great thing about this movie is that you don't need to be like a super huge dog person in order to love this movie. Yeah, it's just so sweet and it's so lovely. Yeah. and I feel like it's the kind of movie that's easy to just kind of dismiss as like either a kids movie or just like a throwaway kind of movie for some reason. Um, it doesn't have like gravitas in the way that yeah, some no gravitas. Not a real have. heavy, not really heavy on the plot. Yeah, there's no, no like it's not a musical. Right. Well, maybe there are a few songs, but it's not. There's not like an I want song with this big right. moment, you know, kind of a thing. And so, but but I think that that makes that's part of what makes it so special mm -hmm. is, is that it's just like an everyday America story. And I, I really like that it starts out. <clears throat> you have to excuse me, I'm still a little sick. But I really like that it starts out, in the whole history of the world, 
There is but one thing that money cannot buy to, to wit, the wag of a dog's tail. A dog's tail. It's so cute. I love that too. It's such a perfect <laughs> way to start the film. Well, yeah. and it, it really helps, I think, too, that uh, it is starts at Christmas because that just even adds to sort of this feeling of nostalgia and, uh, you know, Norman Rockwell, Saturday Evening Post, Main Street USA, all of that kind of thing that you get in this movie. There's something about Christmas that's like the, the apex of that kind of storytelling. Yes, I agree. I think it is such a charming way to open it. Uh, and uh, I just love that camera pan, you know, the, how, they, how they, go, they go into the house. I thought an interesting antidote that I read, Rachel, uh, is applicable. Uh, you know, Walt Disney and his wife Lillian, when they first were married, Walt was crazy about dogs and Lillian didn't want anything to do with them. She hated, she hated dogs. And Walt actually found her a dog. It was a chow. And as a puppy, I think it was, I think, I think that the essay said that the dog was maybe 10 weeks old and he put it just like in the movie, he put it in a hat box and, and then, uh, you know, put a bow around it and then put it under the Christmas tree. And, when Lillian saw the hat box, she was really mad because she 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 didn't didn't like anyone buying her hats or her clothing. She thought it was a hat, and then the box started to move, and then it was a dog. Like it turns that. out that, that this dog was became a dear, kind of a cherished family pet, and and Lillian loved it more than anybody. So that was a cute That's so cute, and that is such a cute scene. I mean, oh. I don't know how you could not think that that scene is so. Cute. <laughs> is there a not? I mean, is there that the puppy is the, the pup lady is a puppy is like the cutest puppy ever. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> you know? Oh, she's uh, adorable. And just that scene now they're trying to put her in her little doggy bed, you know? And yeah. She's wanting to play with the people, and oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, because that's a pretty long scene, but it's just so cute. And oh, I love it. <laughs> I just can't get enough of it, you know. And nothing really happens, you know. <laughs> it's just so cute, though. Slice of life. Yeah, I really liked I, in the in the special features uh, of the Blu-ray. There's this um, they have all these like storyboard meetings, which they have recreated almost like an audio commentary of the movie. It's really cool, and so they have an actor voicing um all these actors voicing different people, including Walt Disney, <clears throat> and. Uh, and I really like that uh, he says, you know, we've had people here who were afraid of something a little sentimental. Before we knew it, we were throwing in gags so somebody would laugh. If we can make it convincing, it's what makes a picture to me. And I really like that a lot. And I think that really says a lot about Lady and the Tramp. Yes, agreed. You know, that if, if, you, if they can make these scenes that, you know, you've got dogs eating spaghetti and if they can make it, you know, that's super sentimental, super cheesy, but, it, you, but you like it and you buy it and you want to watch it. Mm. And, and so that, that's what makes a picture to Disney. And this, I mean, this movie, I think, just screams Walt Disney more than any other movie, I think. Uh, I, I don't know if it was his favorite or if it was one of his favorites or whatever. But it just feels so much like Walt and so much like Main Street USA Disneyland. And we had talked a little bit about, uh, about Marceline and his, 
um, hit, hit the board. Why don't you explain a little bit about what, what's so important about Marceline? Well, Walt's family moved to, to Marceline, Missouri when he was young. He was born in Chicago, but then they moved to Marceline. And it was a, it was a town that was very influential on, on, his, on his growing up. And, and uh, he, it was like the idyllic small town America. So Main Street USA in Disneyland was based on the Main Street in Marceline, Missouri almost down to the dimensions of the street, you know. I've been to Marceline and it was so fascinating oh, yeah. to see, uh, you know, ha ha like the two blocks, you know, there of downtown of how much it really does feel almost like Main Street, you could say. The architecture's a little different and then clearly stuff's been, you know, modified and modernized and whatnot. But uh, still, there's, there's just this certain charm about the the Midwest, and it really and it really captures it, and I and I think that was definitely as you know we had talked. It really feels like that was an influence on, on Lady and the Tramp. I've wondered kind of how the hills are. Marceline is is was a little more flat, um, okay. but because you know how the, the Lady and the Tramp, the the, the little town is almost it hill, it's hilly. It almost looks like it's kind of east coast in a way you know yeah. or something or as we were saying in some of the stuff that i was reading it could be maybe even like uh, illinois around the chicago area kind of almost like mm -hmm. a suburb of, suburb of chicago you know it seems like they i mean it was all for nostalgia it almost seems like it was kind of more of an affluent little town though doesn't it i mean just kind of given how charming yeah. the homes were and how big they were and the fences and all that stuff you know anyway it's just so charming but Mars anyway I digress but Marceline clearly had just a tremendous influence on on Walt and, and his vision of what kind of what was good and right with America mm -hmm. it's probably a some mixture but it definitely just has that Norman Rockwell kind of a feel to the yeah. movie yes for indeed. sure and some people might find that cloying but I don't know I don't feel like it is I feel like it's done um with enough sort of love and and it's just so well executed that i i think it, it doesn't feel cloying to me so. right and you know i uh one of the things i was reading about in the same essay rachel was talking about how the the disney story team was really trying to figure out the setting for this for this and mm -hmm. they opted uh, I mean, I think even, even looking at, at, at a modern day setting, you know, to the time in the 50s, but they opted to go for or a more nostalgic look, feeling that it was more appropriate to the story and that it also could potentially just be more entertaining because, again, people were wanting to have an escape, right? You know, to yeah. go to the movie, movies for an escape. And, and mm -hmm. clearly it was, a, it was a great artistic choice. Definitely. So, okay, so yeah, we get our start, like you said, with the Christmas, and then uh, we get little little puppy lady, and we get sort of this, this introduction with, you know, with how close lady and Jim Deere are, and, uh, you know, how everything is just perfect, and we also get our introduction to Jock and Trusty, which are the kind of bachelor dogs. Yes. 
And that's the dogs in the neighborhood. The yeah. Side, kind of this, the sidekicks. And they're so fun. I mean, aren't yeah. they perfect, too? I love them. I think they're some of the best side characters in all of Disney, for sure. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. I always get them confused. I always get their names confused. <laughs> but, uh, but I, yeah, they're so great. You know, you've got a... Um, You've got Jock, you know, this, uh, it's Jock. Jock is the... Jock's like the little, is he a terrier? Or I yeah, don't yeah, yeah. What, what breed he is, but <laughs> he's Scottish, right? Yeah, I love, and then Trusty with the, oh, reliable. Yeah. <laughs> Have I mentioned the Have I mentioned no reliable before? <laughs> uh, yeah, laddie. So cute, and I love... Like when Rusty's scratching his ear, or whatever. I mean, you know how like all that stuff. It's kind of you know they they come for it. He's just oh, it's so great. But, but they can be so sweet too. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's There's not just lady. Yeah, it's not just like pure comic relief, which sometimes the sidekicks are, and that's fine. But this, like, they even offer to basically like marry lady. Yeah. At a certain point, which is so sweet. Yeah, there's this. <laughs> and <clears throat> and so, lady gets her her license, which is very exciting, very pretty. Right, her beautiful collar and yeah, and her license. Mm-hmm. And you get your introduction to the tramp. Uh, that he just kind of uh, that uh, you know he he just kind of eats from wherever. He wants to eat. He has his Monday house and his Tuesday house. And, uh, He's free as a bird, right? I mean, he can just kind of do what he wants. He's, yeah, really a, the polar opposite of Lady. Yeah. And, uh, and you, you do find out that, that things are beginning to change in Lady's house. So it's pretty, pretty upsetting for her. You know? and, and they even say uh, at some point uh, that, uh, that I think it's um, Darling who says, uh, or or Jim Deere says, I why I don't want to be walking that dog around, and she's like, oh, Lady is horrified yeah, by this. Devastated. Yeah, but, you know. and that's and that's when we get the the sort of the dialogue from uh, from the tramp, where he says it's just a cute little bundle of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I love that sequence so much, Rachel. And every time I, I'm really in awe of it. Every time I watch this movie, because you know it's where ladies talking about what's you know going on at home, right? Describing that that darling's pregnant and what's you know like what she doesn't know what's you know about ready to rock her world, but she doesn't know things are really changing. And how they draw ladies' character and the the background changes, you know, like it's a calendar, and then mm. in these different settings. And then she's still in the same place. You know, I just think that how they storyboarded that and then executed the animation of that is just so perfect, you mm-hmm. know, so well done. Again, just these these animators at the top of their game doing such a beautiful job with, yeah. with us. Well, they made it so easy to relate to. Like, even if you're not a dog owner, you can relate to, like, things changing. Yes, exactly. And it's yeah and her her world's really yeah rocked and she doesn't know why and it's really it's yeah it's just again they give her great the voice acting so good in it too you know how she's how, how she's expressing 
that's happening and yeah the tramps there uh, yeah <laughs> his, <laughs> his realistic view of for mm -hmm. street savvy view of the world and i i it's so funny there's so many good scenes like when darling wants watermelon and chopped suey <laughs> in the middle of the night <laughs> in, the of the, in the middle of a blizzard yeah <laughs> and and then you have like the you have the bachelor party and the um Isn't that and, yeah and i mean it's done from the perspective of the dog mm -hmm. so everything looks so big so chaotic so scary yeah, and that makes total sense it's just kind of like these like have the baby arriving and just great with ginger you know rushing down the stairs telling the doctor it's a boy it's a boy that was that fun so funny the doctor's like um okay you know because <laughs> he does this every day whereas like for jim near this is a big deal so it's really funny right. and, and aunt sarah is on the on the phone, on the phone. And so with aunt sarah without naming names is this kind of a kind of relative that you can relate to a little bit like someone who's kind of kind of loud and overbearing but but has good intentions and oh, sort absolutely. of helpful you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i think that probably every family has some kind of an aunt sarah whether it's an uncle or an aunt you know yeah uh, but yeah i i agree and i and i thought that that was a brilliant story choice again too to, to have it be aunt sarah not necessarily one of their parents you know it wasn't like a yeah uh, you know a, a grandparent kind of situation because because even though this this movie, I mean, the villain is as we, as we know we'll talk about is more the rat, right? You said it's kind of the <laughs> ultimate villain of this movie, but Aunt Sarah is sure part. I think part of it because she's the one who who ends up you know putting the muzzle on on Lady again with good with good intentions, but she's she's sure frustrating to me. I, Aunt Sarah always drives me crazy, yeah. but, but I think that's the part of mm -hmm. why she's such a good character. You know, what's your, what's your take? Well, I mean, she's totally relatable to me because I do have that little bit of a, a fear of, 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 of animals that I don't know. So I can relate to, to her jumping to these conclusions. Right. Her, some of her things, but like, I uh, just, I could never imagine muzzling a, a, a dog like know. you know like i would think that she would call them and be like um you know i don't know like i i would never i wouldn't think she would jump to something on on a dog that's not her own dog right um, but it, it's still within the realm of believability though i think and yeah and there really isn't like a true villain in this movie i mean you no. have like the you have the yeah. dog catcher who's just doing his job right you have uh, you have Aunt Sarah, who's not like malicious, and you have you have the rat, but the rat is just a rat, you know. Like it's it, it's bad, but like in, in Siamese, I guess the Siamese twins are the real villains. Yeah, I mean probably the Siamese, Siamese cats. The Siamese cats—they're the most I malicious. Think, yeah, they're the most. I I agree, and they're the ones who really propel that plot line, you know, that storyline yeah. of of Aunt Sarah getting really frustrated with lady and having to yeah put him yeah well i think verna felton is is helpful in it because she's just the best at voice she's acting the best. i know i was just like she's so fantastic in anything she does yeah so uh but, but yeah so they end up uh and they oh, sorry um so jim Deere and darling end up going on a trip 
and they are leaving the baby with Aunt Sarah, and she brings her Siamese cats. Disney, I feel like there's certain fans who will deny any kind of cultural uh, insensitivity, racism, whatever, you know, and will like try to excuse it all away. And I don't agree with that. But then I also don't agree with the people who were like, burn the copies, you know, like terrible, horrible, whatever, like the other extreme. And so I think it's okay to acknowledge that the Siamese cats are definitely like a kind of offensive caricature. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's not, they're not culturally sensitive. Yes. <laughs> I don't think that's a reason to not watch the movie or to get yeah. super offended, but you can just acknowledge that, yep, they could have, that's the way, it was the 1950s, it was a different culture. I don't think it's as bad as the Red Man song, um, which we'll talk about when we talk about Peter Pan. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely like, you know, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, but the weirdest thing I think about the Siamese cats so they, they have this song, and it's one of the first Disney villain songs. Yeah. That's right. actually sung by a villain, because you have the the Captain Hook song, but that's sung by the pirates to Captain Hook, mm-hmm. except for maybe a little bit at the end. Um, but none of the rest of the, the Evil Queen doesn't have a song. Lady Jermaine doesn't have a song. Maleficent doesn't have a song. Uh, you know, no, none of the other uh, villains have songs. And... So this is one of the first, like, real, like, we're announcing ourselves, we're a villain, villain song. So we're Siamese. And and the, the thing that I think is so weird, though, is they do that, and then, and they sing their song, and they scare a lady, and then you never see them again. Yeah, they're gone for the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so yeah. weird. Yeah, I They've done their damage, and they're, <laughs> they're gone. Like, why not have them? But them be the ones that are up in the, uh, you know, sort of the rat in the bedroom. Yeah. 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 Isn't that? I, why do you think? Do you have any insight on that? What do you think? Well, I wish I did. I mean, it's, it's it's really an interesting thing that you know the the story people decided to do, and and clearly their their time in the film is is unforgettable. You know, everybody. I remember, you know, knows that Siamese cat song, right? And, and, uh, uh, but yeah, it's interesting that they, that they don't come back. I, I, I wish yeah. I did have some insights on it other than it's, yeah, it's, it's surprising. They're, they're, yeah, they're the only villains that get their own song. And boy, uh, do they have the shortest amount of screen time of any villain, too, probably. Yeah, so weird. Yeah. So I, the, the music, the score was written by Oliver Wallace, and the songs were all written by Peggy Lee. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and it's kind of an interesting thing what happened. So she ended up suing Disney. In the uh, 80s, right, or 90s. I'm trying to think of mm-hmm. what that was. For breach of contract about the songs. Uh, and When Lady and the Tramp got put on VHS, and it made bank. Right, and so, and I, you know, I don't blame her because I think that they, some laws or some policies got changed overall based on, I think based on that lawsuit because I think she truly did. I mean, clearly the judge awarded it in her favor, right? But mm-hmm. she, did have, she did have that those profits coming to her that 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 Disney wasn't wanting to pay her. So good for her. That uh, 
it it ended up in in, in that way. But uh, again, I mean, good for her, and her songs are great. I mean, she yeah, she wrote the sign, and she she sings to the Siamese cat song. She sings both parts. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's Peggy Lee. Mm. And then she also, you know, sings the the he's a tramp song. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, and that, I mean, because that pretty much sounds like her too. You know, you like realize that's oh yeah, that's Peggy Lee. <laughs> yeah, Bella Note. I mean, mm. the songs are 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 a plus. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they're they're a little bit. I would say underrated. Like oh, you I, don't, I agree. I, especially he's a tramp. I think it's a oh, really fun so fun. jazz song. Yeah, it's so funny, and the dogs that sing backup, you know, yeah. I mean, the, the, basically the men that are singing as dogs, you know, <laughs> doing the backup. It's, yeah, it's, it's just it's delightful. Well, and I love that um howl song yes. when they first get into the, oh, the pound. It just breaks your heart. It's so- you know? I love it. It's so good. And then, you know, the dogs are there just in the corner crying. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. It's, it's really sad. It's Disney magic, though, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that it's just like, here's this wonderful emotional moment. That yeah. Like, it's like, it's an animated dog, and I'm, like, crying. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. And so after the, the Siamese cat song, then we have, uh, that's when Sarah takes lady down to get the muzzle put on and she ends up running away and she ends up meeting a tramp who helps her get the muzzle off and the way they do it they go to the zoo and uh and the beaver which that seems like the exact same beaver from winnie the pooh oh i agreed that's a wood uh woodchuck yes over whatever it looks i identical in every in every <laughs> well even the voice sounds the same yeah yeah no i agree i think i keep expecting to be like it's not in the, i'm not in the book <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so anyway she gets her muzzle off and that's when he sort of tells her all about his style of living and uh, he has his monday house his tuesday house <laughs> yeah and, yeah and uh, and then we get uh, that. That's when we we'd already met Tony earlier when we Early. met Tramp. Yeah. Then he got a bone from them, uh, but you have Tony and his uh, uh, his sous chef, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> at the Italian eatery, and I I loved uh, on the show Movie Fights. One time, a comedian named uh, Matt Carlson. He or Mike, no, Mike Carlson. One time, a comedian named Mike Carlson. He, they, the question was, what is the best uh, uh, restaurant in all of movies? And his argument was this Tony's restaurant in Lady and the Tramp. He's like, look how nice they treated the dogs. It's got to be the best restaurant ever. It's like that's so true. <laughs> that is so perfect, Rachel. Isn't that just like one of the best sequences ever? Too. Yeah, and I. <laughs> every time I watch that, I just get the biggest smile on my face, and I just think I just have to remember if I'm ever feeling down, I really just need to put a lady in the tram. Yeah, it's so and, true. It really is so. I watched it on. Um, I mean, I was so sick this last weekend, and I I put it on on like it was Friday night or Saturday night, and it did. It just cheered me up. Yeah. 
It really it's, did. It's, it's so it's so wonderful. That Bella Note scene, I love how it's got, you know, kind of the two parts. First off is of course the the the, the famous spaghetti scene, which I mean is <laughs> I it's it's one of the all-time great scenes of any film, you know, yeah. live action or animated. Yeah. It's so charming and so clever and so just just perfection. And then mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and it's when Tony and you know the sous chef they're singing, he's got the accordion, you know, and it's it's so fun. And then they go off into that park and it's the moonlight and, and uh they've got more of a, of a of a small chorus singing it. But it still works perfectly. You know, I love how they you know they put their paw prints in the cement and all that stuff. It's just it it's is so, so cute. You just can hardly you just can hardly stand it. Yeah. Like I think it's one of the best I don't know, maybe the best like romantic dinners, like candlelight yeah. scene ever <laughs> in like any movie ever. And it's, and it's two, two dogs. dogs, you know, and it's still <laughs> it just works on every level. I'm right with you. It's so romantic and and, it's, and just it's just delightful. Too, because that's like when Disneyland was founded, it was nineteen fifty five. Right. Same year the Lady of the Tramp opened yep yeah that's right i forgot about that yeah so anyway uh so yeah they have their uh, you're right there's sort of two parts the song there's the food part which of course they have the connecting connecting noodles which is so cute and and then they go off to their uh their magical evening together <laughs> we call it that never is good in the morning right you always <laughs> and uh right and <laughs> lady, lady wakes up and lady realizes- learns her hard lesson. <laughs> and he, he says, there's a great big world out there with no fences around it. And But then he wants her to, to go chase the chickens and that's what leads them into trouble. She gets sent She gets sent to the pound. She gets caught by the dog catcher, yeah. And, yeah. And sent to the pound. And, and that's when we get our howls, howling the howling song. scene, which, you know, I love. And then they meet Peg. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I love all the character animation in that in that pound. Like, I love Boris the dog. Yeah, so yeah, you too. I love it. And the little dachshund that's you know like digging the escape tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, really, so, really. it's so cute because yeah, it's this that scene is kind of this combination of like you know a jail movie. Or a world, even like a World War Two, you know, kind of thing. Because <laughs> they're, they're trying to do a jail, a jailbreak. Yeah. You know, I, um, I know that some of those same dogs, or at least the, the their designs, were featured in in Oliver and Company. Do you remember that? I kind of wondered about that. Yeah, they definitely... I, I, I thought I heard yeah. one, of the, one of the directors or someone at Disney verify that. Yeah, that, that was true. Mm. That they used well, some of the same character models from the pound, uh, you know, from that pound scene, Lady the Tramp, in Oliver and Company. Mm. Anyway, that makes sense. That makes fine. sense. Uh, so, okay, so, the, and she ends up getting freed and getting back home, and uh, Tramp shows up there, and I love it when she's like, She's really mad. She's I love Lady Mad. It's so cute. Has been relegated to outside, and she's on a chain. Mm-hmm. She can go inside her little doghouse, but she she's on a she's on a chain, which really limits her her mobility. So yeah, it's Barbara Luddy. 
Oh, that's ladies. Right. Name. Okay. It's great. And I love it when she gets all upset and uh, she's really mad and she's like, who's Trixie? <laughs> all those names that she learned from Peg. Who's Trixie <laughs> and Lulu? <laughs> And she keeps the Rosita, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. I messed up the name, but yeah. Yeah, let's see what it says here. I guess she did a ton of voice work for Disney. Barbara Luddy, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, Robin Hood, mm -hmm. Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. Cool. Really good. Yeah. She's Kanga. Ah, uh, well, no She's more. the voice of Kanga. So much. Love Kanga. Mm-hmm. And we get the uh, the rat with the baby, and uh, they're, you know, they're going up there to try to get the rat, and then, of course, Aunt Sarah finds them, freaks out, uh, and uh, is calling the police and everything like that. Uh, the police come to take, uh, take it, Tramp, away but that's when darling and uh and jim deer come home and they actually listen to lady and they're like she's trying to say she's trying to say something and that they find they find the uh the, the rat oh and and this is also right around when we get the uh, scene with jock and trusty offering to uh to marry lady because she's i guess like now a uh a used woman or something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, so, to... <laughs> they're so cute about it. They're like trying to make a yeah, respectable woman out yeah, of it. Yeah, that's right. That's the way to say it. It's just so cute. Yeah. Oh. Adorable. And yeah. and then Jock says, I misjudged him badly. And then Trusty, you gotta love him. We've gotta stop that wagon. And so you get some pretty fun, intense scenes. Yeah, that's an intense scene when they're trying to chase down the, yeah. Yeah. And just the ending is so adorable where you have Jock and Trusty coming over for a visit and you've got all the cute little puppies and- That are just like little miniature ladies. And I'm trying to remember what the, the numbers are as far as, you know, the, how many boys oh. and how many girls that they have. Oh, hello, and I just watched it. But anyway, <laughs> it's so cute because they're just drawn identical to what, you know, yeah, little puppy lady and, and what Tramp would look like as a puppy. Right. Yeah. It's so cute. Yeah. And I think that most of the nine old men worked on this movie. Yes, I believe they did. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, and uh, it's just so lovingly made it's so carefully made it's just makes you feel good the animation is beautiful the music is great and it it's just just lovely i yeah. i really really uh i think it's an easy one to be like oh it's just a dog movie but it, it, it's better than that definitely too. one it's, 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 it's one of my favorites it's, yeah. it's, i think it's, it's one of the best yeah, it's definitely in my top 20 for sure. It's so hard. That top 20, because I like them all for different reasons. Yes. It's very difficult. I have to nitpick like super much. And the only reason that, the only flaw in it is that like the Siamese cats just disappear. That's really my only, and it's a little bit racially insensitive. That, that's it. That's my only flaws with Lady in the Train. Well, this has been so fun to talk about. I just love Lady and the Tramp. I think it was number, uh, I think it was number 17 on my ranking. 
Um, and like I said, I was very nitpicky at a certain point. Um, so definitely, uh, it's just really, really special. And I would get it. I gave it an A plus in my review. So that shows like how much I love my top 20 Disney. Like, I don't think, I think my top 35 Disney films all got A's <laughs> in my ranking. So That's like, exactly. you it's know, so it's hard just, to pick. yeah. <laughs> They're all, they're like, how could you have that at 30? And I'm like, I love it. I don't know. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> it's hard. I think it's admirable that you, that you, <laughs> that you able to rank him. I, I, that's hard for me. Yeah. Uh, um, so I love, I love the film too. And I, I, I'd give, I'd give it an A for sure. Too, well, let's pick next month. And I'm going to do the same thing that we done. We did at the very beginning. I'm just going to have a list of all of them, I run my fingers over them, and then when you tell me to stop, okay, that's the one we'll do. All right, stop. Jungle Book. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Jungle Book. <laughs> yeah, so that would be so fun. So we will talk about Jungle Book next month, and if you guys have any requests for films that you'd like us to cover, just let us know in the comment section. And uh, we will, you know, we'll be happy to give it some consideration. And, uh, and so where can people find you? Well, I'm on Twitter at Stanford Clark. I also have a movie blog called Movies Past and Present. So it's moviespast, P-A-S-T, and present.com. Great. And you can find me uh, here at uh, Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and YouTube. And, uh, and it's Smiley LDS Girl on social media. So check that out. I have a very busy week this week of various podcasts and videos, and and uh, hopefully we'll be uh, back, back up and doing uh, doing family movie night next week because I was just too sick this last week. So uh, thanks so much for joining me and talk about Lady and the Tramp. Thanks so much, Rachel. It's always a pleasure. <sighs> all right, we will see you all next month.